This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.07. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. First up, uh, this was said yesterday, actually. Prime Minister Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim has said that approvals for government procurements can no longer be conducted without tenders. And he added that his government couldn't continue to allow leakage, uh, leakages and corruption. He said that the Prime Minister's Department staff, uh, he said this to rather to the Prime Minister's Department staff. He said that uh, during his stint as a Minister of Finance, he did not allow family members and close friends to be involved in government projects. So obviously part of a larger approach towards this issue of corruption, right? And preventing there being, I suppose, the kinds of the kinds of deals or projects that would then result in this issue of leakage or overspending or uh, problematic connections, as he's alluding to. I, I think it's a very interesting and encouraging move. Um, this call for the open tender to be a default setting rather than something that is, is just talked about but not practiced is something that civil society has been calling for for a very long time. I, I do, however, have slight worries about the practicality of it, considering the sheer amount of projects that we're talking about. Yeah, but uh, so on one hand, you know, to make uh, make a general statement about uh, the need for open tenders uh, and transparency in procurement, I think is... is um, welcome. I don't think anybody will really push back on it, except those who have perhaps benefited from a history of direct negotiations and opaqueness in the system, right? So, uh, but like you said, Lynn, you know, it's a question of what kind of tenders they can go from very simple to extraordinarily complex and what would suit that particular context or um, particular project. And that's where I think the, as they say, the devil is in the detail of this uh, of this uh, thing announcement. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you used the word announcement because that is exactly what it is. It wasn't something that was brought up in a, a very fleshed out way. It's not as if it came accompanied by a whole host of not even suggestions, but SOPs for how to proceed from here on out, right? Instead, it was something that was said um, as you mentioned earlier, as part of a staff gathering, as part of a general, this is how we're going to approach things from here on out. So hopefully there will be more details incoming soon and some of the the stuff that we're talking about will be ironed out. As we wait for that, though, uh, we are shortly going to be just talking around this idea of open tenders uh, versus direct negotiations with Leah Rahman, advisor and council member of the Institutional Investors Council Malaysia. Before that, though, we also want to hear from you. What other easy first steps can the government take to reduce corruption? What would you like to see? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note and WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine, and tweet us at BFM Radio. Become fabulous millionaires. BFM eighty nine point nine. It is 5.11. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. We're talking today about how the Prime Minister has said in an effort to combat leakage and corruption that approvals for government procurement can no longer be conducted without tenders. Uh, we are asking you, firstly, I, I suppose 
how do you feel about this? But also, what other easy first steps can the government take to reduce corruption? What would be helpful? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now to discuss this is Leah Rahman, advisor and council member of the Institutional Investors Council Malaysia. Leah, thanks so much for speaking with us today. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, thank you so much for joining us. Um, so. The Prime Minister has said that the government's procurement process can no longer be conducted without tenders. Do you anticipate this playing a large role in preventing leakage and corruption since that's the stated aim? Yes, I, I agree. Obviously, you know, uh, with all eyes and expectations now and on our new Prime Minister, uh, who has been seen as championing reform in public governance, uh, emphasis, emphasizing so much on integrity, transparency, and accountability. This would definitely be an important step that will prevent leakages and corruption and at the same time enhance transparency and accountability. Most importantly, uh, the tender process must adopt best practices and of course, it must also be practical, depending on the nature of uh, 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 transactions. Yeah, uh, we our prime minister saying it out loud for all procurements to be conducted through open tenders. Henceforth, it is hoped that this will be followed through in action and not just a mere rhetoric. Unseen hands and interference by Putrajaya, which we have seen again and again, should be stopped at all means. Um, and this is the moment of walk the talk and take action, not just talk, especially, you know, during the GE campaigning period, a lot of talks going on. But now we Malaysians, we want uh, actions actual actions now taken. And of course, we know that this requires strong political willpower to change the current practices and the culture. And it's important to ensure that they are implemented efficiently in a more transparent manner with proper due diligence process. And of course, it must adopt the highest standards of best practices. Yeah. Leah, you know, you just uh, spoke about uh, uh, public governance, uh, but what about the impact on corporate governance and fair competition? Obviously, when you talk about uh, the impact on corporate governance, we should not forgotten that we also look at uh, uh, public governance. It would definitely create fair competition. And uh, it also improved public, I always say public and corporate governance practices. Hence, with this uh, uh, new ruling or practices introduced by Open Tender, only the best people get to do the job. Having the ability to meet the contract obligations, to fulfill the specifications and to deliver them within time frame given. It will definitely stop individuals or cronies from lobbying for contracts. And all awarding of contracts will now be based on fair process and selection. And of course, it must be result-driven with proven track record. Uh, and, and I hope that the new practices proposed or mentioned by the new Prime Minister, uh, giving contracts to cronies and related parties will now be a matter of the past, especially 
when we know that many of them are actually unable to deliver their obligations, with some even having doubtful financial uh, abilities to fulfill uh, the contract. But, but of course, in all fairness, I'm sure related parties or connected parties or even cronies will also be given the opportunity to bid for the tender, of course, without special preference. But most importantly, I would like to stress here is that there must be more transparency in the tender process and the criteria of selection. So briefly, could you highlight some issues we've seen in the past from projects or contracts that were awarded via direct negotiations? I will not go into details about the uh, examples of the issues, but I would like to stress that um, contracts awarded via direct negotiations and when the process of procurement not made transparent, uh, it has created a lot of mistrust and negative perception to many people and corporates. Even the rakyat is very unhappy with the manner contracts or projects awarded to certain people, despite uh, their negative track records. And all of us know that uh, during the GE15 campaign campaigning period, many issues of projects and contracts awarded uh, through direct negotiations given to cronies were brought up. And what is more alarming is that the companies that were awarded the contracts faced many court cases and proven not credible. Uh, and it's also a well-known fact that some of the contracts were awarded again and again to these contractors who are actually in the bad list for non-delivery or bad profile and bad track record to show that they do not have the financial abilities to deliver the contract obligations. Yeah, I just want to ask you that, you know, uh, as a general principle, it seems really good, but but is open tenders applicable to all government projects, all levels? Are there instances where direct negotiations might actually be preferable? Okay, remember I said earlier, um, it must be practical. Uh, even though open tender is good in terms of governance, uh, and it's now our Prime Minister mentioned that it should be followed through for any procurement uh, uh, process, uh, there will be instances whereby direct negotiation will need to be undertaken uh, for certain jobs. For example, perhaps a renewal of maintenance works, and perhaps uh, uh, we, they can be given two or three times of renewals based, of course, on their good track record. And uh, where the amount is small or not huge, perhaps uh, invitation can be issued to three minimum or uh, up to five probably registered and reputable as well as reliable vendors with clear specification of jobs or products or services made clear and the process as well as the decision of the awarding be made transparent. And of course, it is also important that uh, well-defined limit of authority be made in place and practice. Uh, What I want to mention here, what we do not want to see is the circumstance 
instances where direct negotiation should not happen. Uh, what we don't want to see project under the pretext of CSR and later uh, given the government no option but to appoint them as contractor for further enhancement and maintenance with huge cost. You know what I meant? For example, uh, you know, the MySajatra uh, uh, thing? Yeah, the mm-hmm. app. You're referring to the MySajatra app, yes? <laughs> so, I hope the answer so, um, in the past, there have also been concerns that uh, open tenders could place Bumiputra contractors at a disadvantage. Is there any truth to this? I don't think so. Uh, uh, because I believe that uh, open tenders create uh, more, f- uh, I mean, more fair competitiveness, regardless of Bumiputra status of otherwise. I believe if all SM is and Bumiputra contractors are given a fair chance of opportunities to bid for contracts or services, I'm sure given time, uh, more of these categories of contractors will grow bigger and become more reliable uh, in order to be competitive. In fact, um, on the government side, it is important to ensure that the interests of the country and people be safeguarded at all times and taxpayer money not wasted on getting inferior quality of products or services. It's not about Bumiputra or, or otherwise. Now, uh, Pakatan Harapan's MP Wong Chen once suggested that all projects above 1 million ringgit uh, should go through an open tender. Do you think that um, deciding uh, that this decision should be made on a project value basis, is, is this helpful? Yes, I agree. It, it should be helpful. And the threshold of uh, above 1 million seems to be uh, reasonable. Uh, by putting the threshold of 1 million, uh, this will allow small businesses to secure jobs or services via invitation to code. Uh, as we know, small businesses will not be able to compete with large businesses. But of course, having said that, the process and uh, the, 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 the procedures must be uh, put in place. And uh, that must be transparent. Yep. So back in 2018, uh, the Pakatan Harapan government at the time pledged to improve their procurement and tendering systems. Now that they are once again part of the government, do you have any further suggestions on perhaps how they can do this? Uh, perhaps they should apply a best procurement processes that are efficient and transparent for public scrutiny. Uh, and, and I believe serious actions so, should also be taken for any non-compliance or breach or interference that uh, will undermine the tendering process or system. Uh, and, uh, uh, and in this uh, in, in this area, I think uh, MSCC and the National Audit Department play a major role here to, uh, to act uh, independently without fear or favour. Now, just finally, what other accountability measures uh, do you think the government can take up uh, so that uh, spending, you know, uh, for government spending, and what other measures are there really available in the toolkit? 
Oh, I, I think most importantly must be the seriousness in wanting to improve the system. So in this aspect, uh, I, I think the government should seriously uh, look at uh, like strictly no gifts policy without any exception, uh, and also to ensure all transactions uh, to be conducted at uh, arm's length. Uh, that should also be separation of teams that carry out the assessment for technical specifications and financials. And this should be carried out independently. And uh, most importantly, the information and the details of these team members uh, doing the assessment and must be kept confidential. And they should not be shared with potential vendors. In that they should not have any communication with the potential vendors. And lastly, I would like to suggest that all areas of concern and recommendations highlighted in the National Audit Report should be treated seriously and, uh, uh, and strict, strict actions should be taken. Leah, thanks so much for speaking with us today. Yeah, welcome. That was Leah Rahman, advisor and council member at the uh, Institutional Investors Council Malaysia, weighing in on the fact that yesterday, uh, Anwar Ibrahim said that approvals for government procurements can no longer be conducted without tenders. We're asking you for your thoughts and also um, what other easy first steps can the government take to reduce corruption? You can call us, you can send us a voice note or WhatsApp, tweet us. Uh, we have messages already. Let's start actually with this voice note from Yinching. Cut out the middle agents who don't serve any um, benefits in the programming process. Yeah, so the middleman has become a bit of a kind of almost mythical creature, I think, in the minds of people. We assume that it's always bad. Uh, and I don't think you're, that's what you're suggesting, but you're saying that if they don't provide any benefits, because sometimes middlemen do have uh, a role to play depending on the kind of you know services or products that are being brought to the market. But yeah, uh, I, I think the idea of... Um, removing these um, these barriers or hurdles that add cost to the yeah. process is what people are looking for. Well, but, you know, yeah, but, you know, the, a lot of these, I think, processes and uh, in, what is it? What do you call them? Uh, stakeholders have vested interests. So it's going to take some time, I think, to dislodge them. So... Anwar uh, says it's naive to think that open tenders will remove abuse or corruption. Companies may still win the tender by submitting competing tenders via their own shell companies. It's a rampant practice, but it's still a step in the right direction. Another good next step maybe is to take the AG's report from the last two to three years and focus on the findings. Yeah, that's the Auditor General's report, right? So, uh, you know, the hefty tome that comes out, uh, uh, you know, really is an indication of how government... Uh, operates and when you think about the, the enormous sums that governments have at their disposal, the temptations must be uh, gr uh, tremendous to actually, you know, um, benefit from them. Mm, I, I am uh, very struck by this, Anwar, partly because the AG's report gets uh, thrown around quite a bit, but often in the context of why aren't we looking at it? Why aren't we observing the, the wastage or, or the issues that it raises? And so your point is such a logical one and one that I hope is acted on, which is we should stop taking it as a why aren't we and look at it instead as a we ought to, right? Which is a small but very necessary mindset shift. Um, we also 
have this from uh, Arvin who says, sack or suspend all suspected and confirmed cases of corruption among the civil servants. And this one I thought was interesting because uh, Anwar has said, uh, because of course there have always been fears of what some might call witch hunts, what others might call reprisals uh, when it comes to this issue of corruption in the civil service. But we've now gone from confirmed cases to suspected cases. Yeah, the question, of course, is that is there is it just to actually sack somebody before they've been, um, you know, properly confirmed as the perpetrators of some act of corruption? Also, maybe a distinction that needs to be made is between, um, especially when you're looking at something that's become institutionalized, whether it's petty or more serious, and then uh, you know, and, and make those distinctions, find some sort of amnesty program. Otherwise, you're looking at you know hobbling the the civil service if you go after everybody in at every crime at every level. So we're going to continue this conversation after this. Uh, we'd like to hear from you. What other easy first steps can the government take to reduce corruption? This is, as the Prime Minister has said, approvals for government procurements can no longer be conducted without tenders. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note to 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.